The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Wrestling With Jonas, episode 334. And of course, we are in the middle of uh, the month of November, which marks five years of Wrestling With Jonas. And uh, today I've got an awesome guest. Uh, my second live interview of the week, uh, none other than the, the Rixie Cash uh, Women's Champion and the UK PW Women's Champion, uh, the Anti-Conformist. Kira Kimira. Kira, awesome to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm really well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm super hyped for it. <laughs> oh, same here, same here. And uh, I'll tell you, when I, I've seen a lot of your work uh, this year at uh, United Wrestling in particular. We will get into that. We do take a full deep dive. But uh, I've become a massive, massive fan of yours. So it's my pleasure to have you. you on the show this week, uh, this month. Like I say, I wanted you as part of the, the special lineup for five years of Wrestling with Jonas. Uh, but before we take a deep deep dive with uh, Kira. Just a quick reminder of uh, some of my recent guests that have also helped me celebrate five years of wrestling with Jonas. And of course, we started the month of November uh, with renowned referee Tom Scarborough, uh, former WOS and NXT UK referee. Uh, like I say, referees regularly for Over the Top, uh, OTT over in Ireland and Progress, of course. Uh, the following week, we had Session Moth Martina on the show. A wonderful 60-minute interview with uh, Martina. Please go and check that one out. And uh, last week, uh, we had the, the youngest of the lineup for the month of November, 16-year-old Leon Cage, the futurist. Go and check that one out. A real star for the future, Leon Cage, was a wonderful guest last week. Uh, and of course, last week, we also had part one of episode seven of my Legends Masterclass series with British wrestling legend, world of sport wrestling legend, Johnny Saint. That is now available on YouTube and all audio platforms. And I mentioned uh, this is my second interview of the week. The first one, and this one here, Nico Angelo was on the show on Monday. Uh, the man with a black heart of gold was on the show. Fantastic 90 minute, very insightful, uh, fascinating conversation with Nico. Please go check that one out. And uh, after today's interview, my next live interview next Monday will be with the, the queen of mean, Lana Austin, coming onto the show uh, to round out our live interviews uh, for the month of November, marking five years of wrestling with Jonas. And today it's that young lady there, Kira Kimira. Um, I thought I'd do, I'd try to emulate kind of like a punk style poster for you there. I hope I did it justice. I hope I did it justice. But I really want to bring up this picture here. Now, if that doesn't make you smile, then nothing will. Uh, but the current <laughs> UK PW and the Rixie Catch Women's Champion. Um, when you look at that picture there, Kira, that must make you smile. And that must be a pretty proud achievement to have those two championships uh, that you very proudly hold currently in 2023. Yeah, like uh, it was, I could not hope for something like that before. Like I've achieved more dreams than I thought I would. So it's quite insane for me to be double champion and international as well. Um, and also like the, the Ricks um, championship is the first ever, I, I've been the first ever women's champion 
this means so much to me. You have no idea. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can't be more proud to be holding those belts. Really. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In a nutshell, give us a bit of a glimpse into how your 2023 has been so far, because I've seen you at United a few times, but 2023 has been a bit of a, an insane year for you. And I get the feeling it's probably been one of your most fun years of your career so far. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, it's been most probably the best year I've, I've had. 2022 was was like let's say it like it is, a nightmare. Like, I've had a lot of dates, but personally, I've had lots of personal issues. I've had, like, lots of mental health issues. And I literally burned myself out. Um, so end of 2022, I started to be a bit outside of, I mean, stopped a bit to, to wrestle. I didn't wrestle for the last few months or barely. Yeah. Uh, and so starting 2023 with that match, that match, uh, with Scotty Roke, um, that really set the tone for the whole year. And yeah, like since then, like it it gave me such a boost, and I took much less uh, uh, shows. Like I, I didn't do so many shows uh, in 2023 compared to 2021. Although I only made the I only accepted the one that I would really care about. Yeah, and that really made the difference. Um, and it's not over yet. There's some really cool, cool stuff coming up, really. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited. And we'll talk about one or two of their matches very, very soon because we've got to, some just around the corner. Uh, am I right in thinking that you're living over here in the UK, living in London nowadays, Kira? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I live in London near Wembley. Ah, and you, 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 I think you moved over close to or around uh, lockdown um, and you've kind of used London as your base uh for, for home and for i suppose wrestling as well nowadays yeah actually i, I moved uh so in january 2020 so literally just before covid that yeah. was a very bad timing let's say um but <laughs> you could what... say it's perfect timing really because had it been any later you might not have been able to have moved at all <laughs> yeah exactly i mean yeah because of brexit of course now I have so many friends in France who want to come in in, Lond in London or like in the UK and they can't, they just can't because they can only stay three months. They can't work because obviously the, it's really, really hard to get a visa and everything. So I'm I'm very lucky I was there before that. So I, I'm like, I'm okay. I can stay here. I can work here. That's amazing. So I'm very lucky about that. But like uh, coming here and only having like two months and a half being able to train properly, being able to like network and go see shows and wrestle, that was very frustrating. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like originally I I came here to to learn. I mean, I was a wrestler already in France, but like the way we teach wrestling in France is very different compared to what I've seen here in the UK. So I came here to learn. I came here to to, to train, obviously. I came, here, I came here to have more opportunities. I basically came here just for wrestling. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll talk more about that kind of period in your life very, very soon. But uh, I, I brought up the championship belts earlier. And uh, one, one promotion I want to talk about in particular is, is uh, uh, Rick's. I think I pronounced it Rixie earlier, but Rick's catch yeah, yeah, yeah. throw um, over in France, uh, your native country, of course. And I'm going to bring up this picture here. I don't know if I can read it properly, but I think it said 176 days. You're now about 180 days as the uh, Rick's catch women's champion um and uh, like i say a, a promotion that's very close to your heart because obviously it's a promotion uh from your native country from france of course um but also a promotion that you had quite a bit of involvement with back in its early days especially with its academy uh, but what, what does it mean to you to be the rick's catch women's champion and i think for six months now that's quite an achievement Everything. It means literally everything because, yeah, of course, I, I've had some involvement in, in the promotion, but um, since I moved to the UK, of course, I'm not in in the booking. I'm not in like in all those areas. So uh, unfortunately, I had to kind of give up. But I'm super happy that I, I wrestle there often. Uh, but not only that. Um, so, of course, yeah, that's my home promotion. But in France, there's so, I mean, women's wrestling in France, we, we, we must be like not even 10. So there's so, so few opportunities. There's just, I think at this point, uh, Rix was on the only women's uh, belt that was being built and that was active. So like when I earned that belt, and I say earned, <laughs> yeah. uh, I... I was the only women's champion, I believe, in France. And not only that, but like it happened for a women's main event, which is huge. It's, it's then the first women's belt um, for Ricks, uh, one of the first women's belts in France in general, in, in the whole um, history of women's wrestling in France. And the first women's main event in Ricks as well, which is a lot. <laughs> We literally mark history that night. Absolutely. Was that the the night when you won the the championship? Because I think you uh, went up against two uh, British uh, talents, didn't you? I think La Taylor um, in yeah. the semi final match, and then Alexis Falcon in the final match to actually become the first ever and the, the reigning Ricks catch. Uh, women's champion but uh um w w was that the main event match you're referring to because that tournament alone sounds like a, a tremendous lineup and a great achievement for yourself yeah yeah that was that was this tournament so i we were four women so amal uh who is previously uh nxt uk um yeah, yeah. yeah who, who was signed nxt uk Taylor and Alex Falcon and yeah indeed uh, I did uh, I had a match against LA Taylor I won that one that was already insane I remember coming in the ring and the whole crowd was chanting to Cassie and I was already crying I was already crying you can see if you watch the match you can you can see I have I literally have tears in my eyes I was literally tearing up there was so much emotion um, that the whole crowd was chanting my thing, and then, and then yeah, like I, I came, I came in the ring for for the final with just focus. Yeah, and that was maybe the most stressful night of my life. <laughs> um, two matches, 
uh, women's main event, I I couldn't I couldn't fuck up literally. Yeah. Yeah. I had to yeah. deliver, and I had to win that title for my 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 pips, you know, my people. Um, so yeah, that was that was that was magical. I I don't think I could ever forget the night. Absolutely. And I'm going to bring up a picture there because I think not only is that an awesome picture of you, but it really shows off the, the very beautiful championship belt as well. And I love the, the red strap. I uh, love everything oh, yeah. about it. Um, and uh, give us a bit of an insight into the French scene at the moment, because I had uh, Mila Smith on the show last month. So about four or five weeks ago and a tremendous talent. She has had a, a wonderful year, a wonderful couple of years, but I think 2023 has been a, a great year for Mila as well. And she is a, a French uh, compatriot of yours. Um, and I think the two of you actually had a championship match over the Ricks Women's Championship in September, if I'm not mistaken. But tell us a bit about the, the French scene from your perspective. And I know you're living over here in the UK, but it does seem to be getting bigger and better every year, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I started wrestling. I start, I, I was in, in like the wrestling environments uh, since I'm, I'm, I'm since I'm 14. I'm 29 wow. now. So it's been 15 years I'm in the wrestling environment. Um, and at first, uh, there was just only a few people who were at the top, let's say. And they're still here. I'm, I'm talking about Tristan Archer, for example. Yeah, great guy. Um, who is, yeah, who is a WXW. I remember uh, by this, when I started, he was there and he started to be like the, the, a kind of a reference for us uh uh as french people as french wrestlers and um i grew up seeing women in france like if there was a women match that was good you know uh and and no one in france would would go abroad like it was a very little scene there was not so many women there was barely any women obviously there was not so many men or at least not a lot of experienced men Sure. And uh, and and I saw this scene evolve, 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 evolve. And I would say that since I would say 2019, around 2019, we saw more and more and more French people being abroad, uh, especially WXW, for example, um, Respro Progress, um, OTT, I believe. So it, it was like, wow, we can make it we can make it, we, we can actually go abroad. And it was like su such a big kind of revelation. Wow, we can actually, we we are good enough to go abroad. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah. But I think at this point, we're still quite little, but then it, it literally exploded just after COVID. Like we've seen Aigle Blanc, Senza, Tristan. Aigle Blanc has been to uh, Japan with Tristan as well. Um, and obviously, women's like Mila, who who went regularly to um, Germany, Amal, who signed at W, uh, I mean, who was WX, the longest running WXW women's champ, then became becoming NXT UK uh, uh, signed at UK. So yeah. this, I think, gave a lot of hope to the new generation who is now straight away going outside, straight away going abroad. I think about Corey Zero, for example, uh, Kuro. Those guys are straight away going to OTT and, and they, they are not scared to 
go outside and train in, in other places abroad. I mean, um, so it's very it's very positive. I'm very 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 optimistic for the the new generations in France. Like the scene in France is getting better and bigger, and 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 this is just amazing to see it. Absolutely. And uh, I want to talk to you about your your career, uh, your wrestling career over here in the UK now, because uh, that's where I've got to see you and work with you a few times and certainly at United Wrestling. And you mentioned uh, that you I think you had a couple of matches for United in 2022 and uh, your first match against Scotty Rourke. uh, Was it at the beginning of this year? Because that was the start of your your trilogy of matches against Scotty, wasn't it? Was that this year? I believe it was February this year, uh, or maybe January, but yeah, yeah definitely yeah. this year. Definitely yeah. early okay. this year, yeah. And, and yeah, it was the 12th, 12th of February. I, I, I think that your set of three matches with Scotty Rourke has to be up there as one of your favourite uh, set of matches, one of your favourite feuds, one of your favourite programmes and storylines, and possibly one of your favourite uh, foes or rivals in your career so far but um give us a bit of insight into your journey with united and scotty rourke in particular because i think your feud with his has to go down as possibly the greatest feud in united wrestling history and maybe yours as well oh definitely mine definitely mine like yeah this this story this feud this everything about it I'm I'm just so emotional each time each time I think just think about it, and I could talk about it for three hours. So don't get me started. <laughs> talk for it for as long as you want, for as long as you need to. <laughs> no, seriously, like the, the, just the first match. I was very, uh, actually, you know what? Like before the first match, I was meant to wrestle against Aluna Blue for a fourth count anywhere. So it was already meant to be a big match for me that night. But uh, Aluna apparently got injured the day before, um, and so <laughs> and so um, the promoter told me, "Look, uh, Aluna is not available, but we have a replacement, and it's going to be Scotty Rook." And I was like, "What? Okay, um, are you sure?" <laughs> But yeah, did you know did cool. you know much about Scotty before that announcement was made? Was you aware of uh, what sort of a, a talent he was when you were yeah. first told that by the promoter? I, I knew, but yeah, yeah, I knew him. Yeah, yeah, you knew, I, you I, knew. I, knew. <laughs> I, I met continue. him before at TNT actually, um, yeah. and uh, and yeah, I was like, oh my god! Like, uh, first of all, I didn't do many intergender matches in my life, and so. I was like, okay, that's going to be a challenge. I, I and I want to do a lot of, I mean, I love intelligent matches and I, I am asking for it, but I, I, I didn't imagine it coming so soon, like, like, like that, like on a spot. So I was very stressed, but very like super excited. Uh, I remember being uh, at WrestleForce uh, the day of the, um, uh, where the promo- uh, when the promoter told me that, and I was telling everyone, you know what, you know what, I'm gonna wrestle Scotty Rock tomorrow. Can you believe that? Can you believe? And I was super excited. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the match happened, and I remember coming backstage and being like, oh my god, w- what just happened? It was insane. It was magical. It was 
wow, maybe the yeah. best match of my whole career. And everyone was like, wow, that was amazing. That was the match of the night. Already the match of the year, that's for sure. <laughs> um, and all the all the people on, on, on social media, I was there. I saw that. So proud of, of having been uh, that They could say that they've been there. And I couldn't believe what was happening. And I, I was like, I just want more of it. I just want to like wrestle him again because I've learned so much that night, and and like we sort of met backstage uh, obviously before the match, and we were like, mate, we are like the same, like we are looking like each other, like what the fuck is happening? We could be a tag, and I mean we are now. I mean uh, eight months later or something like that. Yeah, we decided yeah. to. Um, I've got to say the chemistry between you two as well and certainly in you know the first second third match and you probably felt this from the very first match but the chemistry between you two is just off the charts and you know you both like to strike hard and hit hard and give punishment and you, you love to take the punishment from one another as well um, and that's obviously something that you must have realized very early on, and especially as the series of matches progressed. But the chemistry between you two was just off the charts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we realized it the, at the first match. We came backstage, and it was like, that was something. Um, and, and yeah, like it, it just grew as because, of course, the, the year has, as, as, I mean, we, we just sort of met for the first match and then the second match happened and we were like wow uh we, we came backstage and people were like wow like you did even better uh how was that possible and 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 i remember crying after that second match i was i was so scared as well of the second match because i was like okay the first was the first one was was good but maybe it was just a fluke um I was extremely scared. And then I came backstage. I was so relieved. And I was like, wow, I won the match. But also, fuck me. Like, this yeah. chemistry is, is unique. And I, I've never had a chemistry like that with anyone uh, in, in, in a wrestling match. Um, so, yeah, do, doing, the, doing the one with the chain was very, very challenging. We, we, we. I mean, I, th I think it's kind of, it kind of proves the chemistry we have. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I would have never done a chain match with anyone else than Scotty because this kind of thing, you need to trust your open. You literally go to hell and back with that kind of stipulation, you see? So... It, it was really like a, a proof of how much I trust him and how much he trusts me as well. Like, and I, I hope we we show that to the crowd. I think we did. Um, that was that was that was something as well. Absolutely. And before we continue, I'm going to bring up a video that might bring back some memories. Just watch this. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Wow, wow, wow. That's all I can say to that. And uh, when it happened, um, I thought, is Scotty Walk broken? Is he okay? And the look on your face was probably asking the same questions. But uh, I know that was a, a highly competitive match. Um, you probably, you know, discussed that spot before the match. But when it happens, what was going through your mind? Is he dead? <laughs> yeah. Is he dead? He's a crazy mofo. <laughs> I killed I killed my friend. And I if you look, I have footage on my on my socials where the camera is really on my face and you see me cry. You literally see me cry. Um like that that was a turning point that that that's literally a turning point towards okay, I've gone too far now. I I realized that I actually love that guy. I don't I don't want him to die. I don't want him to be hurt. I don't want to hurt him. I need to finish that that this feud, this story has to finish with a pin, not someone being dead on the mat. Um and I remember people be telling me, pin him, just pin him. And no, no. No, it couldn't. It couldn't finish like that. Um, so yeah, uh, crazy man, crazy man. Yeah, <laughs> and, and what a match! And I think that that was the perfect way to cap off that series of matches between the two of you. And uh, and what it did was after that match, um, you know, there you are. And I brought these photos up earlier. He hands you your bat, even gets down on one knee to present it to you, and he, he told you that you had gained his respect. Um, and uh, from that moment forward, uh, the dog's bollocks were born. The dog's bollocks were born. We had a, a really fun, uh, very passionate backstage interview. Um, and uh, Scotty, of course, put you over massively. But um, obviously it makes sense. You mentioned earlier that the two of you look similar, have similar styles, have similar passions, similar, you know, fight and determination. So it only makes sense that after that war, that battle that the two of you have been through, it just makes sense for the two of you to come together, to, to join as a team, as a tag team. And you will be uh, the dog's bollocks in United Wrestling going forward. And it just makes sense, doesn't it? What a, what a perfect team between the two of you. I don't think anybody could have put two individuals together to make any more of a perfect team. I mean, we kind of knew since the day we actually met and united that yeah. that this was special, that we had to do something out of this. And then the chemistry we had and everything that came uh, to, to, to that just make us confirm that obviously we have to do something um if we make people feel so much uh, emotions watching us and telling us that we have chemistry how is it going to be once we are actually together fighting with i mean together like literally together yeah. against other people and uh obviously it's not just a team we want to have at united it's literally a team we want to have everywhere in the world we are a natural real team um it's not just a story it's 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 two people who 
who met each other and literally became brother and sister at yeah. this point this is literally just that and i'm 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 so grateful for it and i really want to like fight um with my friend you know like i want to fight beside him now and everywhere yeah. I think you could take you could take this tag team and put it in any promotion anywhere around the world. I think it just absolutely works. Um, and we're looking ahead to United's next show. Uh, I think it's called Season Beating, Seasons Beatings, December the 10th. I'll be there. Um, and uh, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm a fan of the Odyssey, but that match, um, that match all day long is just going to be a show stealer. It's going to be a banger. Um, and tag team wrestling is my jam. So watching those two teams in a tag match for, let's bring it up again, but for the United Tag Team Championship. So, so much on the line. And I've got to say, I think it's going to be the Odyssey's hardest match that they've had in, what, seven or eight reigns now, seven or eight title defences. Um, how do you see that one going? Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm nervous. Because I mean, I I trust us. I trust Koti. I trust the Dogs Bollocks. Yeah. But I'm nervous because first of all, I've never been a tag wrestler. I've always refused. I I've always refused, and I've had a lot of opportunities. But I all I've always refused to be tagging with anyone, like a serious thing. I've always thought I am too independent for that. I can't do it. But with Koti. It's just, just, just a natural yeah. kind of yeah. Of course, let's do it's it. Perfect. Of course, it's perfect. It's just of course. Um, so it's it's not my first tag match, but almost, and it will be our first tag match together. So it will really, really test us. Really confirm if yes or no, we are actually the dogs bollocks. But I'm sure we are. And on the top of all of that, there's a championship. And we're talking about a tag team who's been together for a very long time. So they do have tag chemistry, for sure. Um, they've been running at United for, as champion for a month as well. And as you said, I think they won six times. The... It's a fair, yeah. I think, uh, well, let's see. About six or seven matches, they've been successful yeah. as a team in United, so they're really on a on a tear now for sure. Yeah, so that's that's a huge challenge, and I think there's gonna this this is a good way to test ourselves. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited for it, but I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think and, that's, uh, that's good nerves. That's good nerves. Good nerves, good nerves, exciting nerves as well. Uh, United Wrestling are actually watching us now and they've sent through this little message. Um, it's going to be the main event. Oh, yes. It's going to be the main event. So uh, I don't know if that kind of makes you even more nervous, but uh, thank you, United Wrestling. Um, thank and, you, United uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, I mean, that's really, really cool. And uh, we did have a question that came through from another viewer. Uh, we've got Richie watching us live via YouTube. Who thought of the name, um, the Dogs Bollocks? So uh, quite a unique uh, name for a taxi. But to be honest with you, it, it suits the pairing, I suppose. But certainly with that pu punk vibe, that punk yeah. edge. 
Um, so uh, kind of who came up with it and what, what was the idea so, behind the dog's box? There's, there's an actual story about it. Um, it's Scotty who came up with it. He actually thought about the Sex Pistols and he, he wanted like a Sex Pistols vibe. <clears throat> um, so he said, yeah, so I can, I can say that. Uh, I mean, sorry, I, what about we do that? And actually, he's, he even if you look at his promo after uh, Fe our first match in February, I did a promo in the ring, and then he replied. And in his promo, he said that he's the dog's bollocks already. So that's a little wink, you know, to it. And also, <laughs> for the story, when he messaged me about that, I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then, because, you know, I'm French, I don't know what uh, the dog's bollocks mean. And I was like, but why the dogs, though? <laughs> <laughs> I said that to myself. I, I, I asked my partner, why the dogs, though? Why not, like, I don't know, the cat, the lion, the tiger, whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> obviously, that, that was very funny. Uh, but, yeah, it comes from, uh, it comes from Scotty. We've got some strange sayings over here. We, oh, we've got some strange sayings over here in the UK. It makes sense yeah. to, us UK, to us Brits, but we've got some strange... Uh, strange sayings for sure. Uh, let's see where I am. So uh, the other, the only other thing I wanted to bring up um, was uh, at the last two shows when you've uh, match number two against Scotty, match number three against Scotty, that chain match, and you mentioned this earlier, but you came back and you were very emotional. You could, you know, you, there were tears. You know, there was raw emotion, and I think possibly because you knew that the match was special. Uh, against a very special opponent and the occasion was very special but um, you, you clearly kind of very passionate and wear your heart on your sleeve but was it just those two matches that really got to you emotionally? I I, I very rarely cry after match and I cry like tears of joy like that happens barely ever uh, I think, yeah, those two matches and the day I won that Rick's title. I think that's the, th the three times I've ever cried uh, after a match. So Scotty <laughs> must think that I, 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 I keep crying all the time. He must <laughs> think, oh, that's normal. That's just her thing. But no, Scotty, if you look, if you if you watch that, no, I'm not like that. Huh? Okay? <laughs> there we go. Well, well we hope that there's more tears, but tears of joy after the two of you are successful on December the 10th at season's beatings and uh, uh, United send us, send us one more message, not to add any extra pressure, but they, uh, the Odyssey are currently nine and zero. Um, so either they go 10 and zero, if they win that match on December the 10th, or you break the streak and it goes. You know nine what? One. I'm, you, you know what two means? Please tell me. Cause I was going to ask, but please tell me. It means break everything. So I'm gonna break that streak. I there if there's are. one person who can break anyone's streak, this is me. And by the way, not United related, but UKPW, their champion Roth had was like had an, a, a a streak of of win for like a very long time. I think a whole year, and I broke it. So. I'm not very impressed about the nine victories. There we go. There we go. We can do it. I mean, we can do it. 
Tukasay, Tukasay. But tell us a little bit about your your nickname, your moniker, the the anti-conformist. And obviously, you're a, a lover of, of of punk and kind of the the punk culture. Um, which I, I want to take a deep dive into very soon. But tell us a bit about the anti-conformist. When did you first discover that nickname or come up with that nickname? And, and what does it mean to you? I think it was uh, around 2018 or 20, I think 2019, when I started to use the bat. Um, I kind of rethought my my character. And, and at the first place I had a character who was not really like me and then I was like fuck it let's might as well just be me and Kira Kimera is me it's literally me and um this anti-conformist is exactly how I would define myself in life in the sense that I've always been the black sheep I've, I've always been the black sheep like kind of everywhere I I'm, I'm kind of a misfit I I I never even want to fit in in a group or anything, or kind of follow the norm, follow the, conform basically. So this is really something that defines me uh, in the fact that I, I I don't want to conform to things that I believe are not fair or are not right to me. Um, so yeah, that's what it means. Like it it holds this anti-conformist, anarchist, uh, all kind of part of who I am really absolutely and uh, I think this picture uh, perfectly demonstrates uh, what the anti-conformist is all about you mentioned the bat there um, and uh, this one here Um, when you first started listening to punk music um, I used to get uh, my fucking ass kicked for it and uh, was known as the fucking freak Uh, but now I'm amongst many 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 freaks here with me tonight um, so, so obviously, you're kind of a punk at heart. You're a punk. You live a punk lifestyle. You love the punk culture and music. Uh, tell us a bit about when punk first came into your life, and tell us about the impact it had on your life as well. Uh, it, I mean, it came. I think during my teenagehood, uh, and well. Well, I, I had a lot of mental health issues and punk, punk rock especially really was my relief. Like, I think like a lot of people who listen to punk and punk rock, to be fair, it's kind of cliche, but it's really like I've I've had a band called My Chimera, by the way, which is why Kira Chimera. Um, um yeah and it was it was actually a punk band a punk rock band um their logo is actually a, a little butterfly was actually because uh we we're not a thing anymore and i actually have it tattooed uh, on my arm um so yeah like being a musician in that band really really helped me uh feeling better and and gave me kind of a purpose in life as well uh and then yeah like i i I never i never um gave up on music i never gave up on punk rock each time i have like a a downtime or like not a downtime like i feel i feel blue (laughs) um i i would listen to punk punk rock uh straight away so i can have this energy and and feel like 
yeah, like just release all my all, all, all my sadness, all my tension, all my frustration and everything. This is just, this is just, ah, I just, when I listen to punk rock or punk, it's like, ah, you know, I want to break everything. I will, yeah. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I love this picture as well, Kira. Uh, beautiful picture. You've got the, the, the flags in the background there. Um, but uh, there we go. There we go. Absolutely fantastic. I, I want to find out more about your love for pro wrestling um, because you said that you've been in the business, uh, started training, what, 14, 15 years ago um, when you was a teenager, maybe 14 or 15 years old. Um, but uh, before that, I'm guessing that you were a wrestling fan. Now, I spoke to you earlier about the, the pro scene, what the scene is like um, in France. Um, but uh, how did you grow up as a wrestling fan in France and what was your exposure to it at the time? Funny enough, uh, <laughs> after my first exposure to wrestling, I was like, I hate wrestling. No. I hate this is bullshit. <laughs> this is fake. This is violent. I hate it. Because the first thing I've ever seen was like a very violent death match. So maybe not the best introduction to wrestling. Then maybe a year or two after, it was like a trend in France. Uh, wrestling became a trend again in France, thanks to WWE, who was on the main channels. And I remember my sister watching it. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You are watching wrestling? What the fuck? And, I, and she was like, Okay, have a look. Have a just one match, and tell me again about it. I watched the match, which was Randy Orton versus Triple H, and I loved it. At the end, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> anyway, uh, so I started to watch every week, every week, every week. Uh, became obviously fell in love for Jeff Hardy, like everyone. Yeah. Um, and then I I started to want more, and I was starting to watch documentary about wrestling and all that and i realized that there was school in france wrestling schools in france and i was like wow that's an actual thing that we can do that's awesome um and so i realized there was a school next to me but unfortunately at this time uh in in, in like french wrestling let's say um because it was such a trend a lot of wrestling fans opened schools and taught kids how to wrestle, whereas they've themselves never wrestled in their lives. Right. They were just wrestling fans. And I fell in that trap until so from 14 to 18. I I barely I, I actually didn't have any idea of what pro wrestling was because I thought we could join in the pro wrestling school just like we would join a basketball or football school and it when you when you actually do a show it's like uh like when you when you have like a dance you, you do dancing course classes and and you then show your what you've learned to your parents and and you know what i mean yeah. i thought that wrestling shows were just that like just showing i mean like amateur type of pro wrestling you know what i mean i understand yeah i get you and yeah because I had no idea what it was at this point. I was like very naive. And then, and then, yeah, uh, at 18 years old, I realized, okay, no, this is bullshit. I'm going to join the, the rival. And I got hated for that in my previous, uh, previous school. 
but I want to be a pro wrestler. So I joined uh, a school called West Catch, which was not so far, but like still like I had like a, a scooter, like a motorbike scooter. Um, and it was like an hour and a half far. That was horrendous. Wow. Uh, On a scooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that takes no commitment. Matter, yeah. No matter which weather I was going there, you know, um, and um, and against like against all the friends I made in my previous school, they were all hating me. And I was like, I don't give a, f and again, that, that, sh that showed that anti-conformist kind of mentality. I, I was like, yeah. cool, I have friends there and they will hate me for going to the rival, but I don't care. I know that my place is not here actually for my own future. I have to go in that school that is a real school. Even if that, that those are the rivals, I don't care. I, this is uh, this 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 is how I, I made this mentality of I have to do it for myself even if it's selfish I have to I I'd rather be alone and yeah. get rid of those fake friends because they would hate me for doing something I love rather than trying to please everyone and not go for my dreams you know 100%. um so mm -hmm. I went to that school and um, and yeah, I, I trained real wrestling. <laughs> um, and then we um, this school closed, and with the the coach who was there, we were actually in the relationships in relationship, and we opened Rick's Academy, which before was called a different name. So this is my yeah my kind of journey let's say there we go so it's almost a full circle moment isn't it really but uh, yeah. what, what, could you describe your your character or how you were as a wrestler or as a performer in them early days especially during your teenage years or maybe early 20s I'm guessing it was kind of like a world away from what we know you as today I wish I wish you asked me that question so then I could show you a picture you could show it off well, um, well, usually I bring up embarrassing photos of wrestlers in their early career, but I wasn't able to find one. So, uh, but uh, uh, yes. try, and try and describe it to us. <laughs> um, okay, you're gonna laugh probably. I was an English, um, an English student with like little hair, like like that, like a uh, you know, like, uh, little, yeah, exactly, yeah. with the the tie. Uh, with um, like a tartan, red tartan skirt. You were like Britney Spears. Britney Spears, exactly, <laughs> exactly, amazing. And obviously, I, I I was playing with my hair like that. Uh, like, I was very influenced by the divas, and then I realized after 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 a few, I mean, after my teenagehood, let's say, that it was really not like me. And then I discovered. Uh, I, I discovered punk rock at the, a bit of the same time as when I changed my gimmick, uh, and I was like, okay, now this is more like something I like uh, to be more like a, a badass. And I started to wear leather corset and stuff. Uh, stop the whole like ah, kind of diva uh, behavior because it's really not like me. Uh, and then I become a badass. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's the badass that we like in 2023, for sure, for sure. Um, and uh, I suppose before you moved over to the UK in early 2020, 
Um, did you feel that your career was uh, needed an injection of life, needed something fresh and something new? And that was the reason why you decided to move over to the UK, just to take your wrestling career to that next level? Was that the mindset behind it? So early 2019, I started to get to gain a bit of momentum. So before that, I saw, I, I saw wrestling a bit more like a hobby. Um, I... I knew that I loved wrestling, but I, I was like, cool, like, I don't think I'll ever be a pro wrestler in the sense of, like, make a living out of it properly. I I need to pursue, like, uh, <laughs> I need to pursue, like, uh, like, I need to go to university, I need to do sure. all that bullshit. A normal and, job, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> boring. <laughs> and then... And then, yeah, in 2020, uh, 2019, I realized, nah, this is bullshit. This is not me again. Like, I, I realized it. And I thought, okay, actually, it's possible for me to, like, not just have a normal job. I, I, I don't like having a boss. I hate it. I never really had a boss more than six months. Um, so this is not for me. Um, I had the opportunity to go to, I actually passed all my exams to go to Paris and in a school of, uh, theater, dance, and uh, music. So I passed my exam, and then I had this choice: okay, do I do I go for that school in Paris, or do I go for like do I try to go for my dreams uh, of being a wrestler and living in London as well? And after maybe a week of of thinking about it, I just okay, I'm just, just going to go because I really needed that in my life. Not just in my career, but in my life. I, I needed my career to go somewhere, for sure. But, like, in my life, I really needed a change at this point because I, I, I've... When I, uh, sorry, in 2019, sorry, uh, I spent five weeks um, in London training in Knucklelocks. And it was, like, a revelation for me. I was like, wow, I feel... I feel really like myself. I feel like I'm really doing something that I really love and in a place that I really, really love as well. So, yeah. so this is why, uh, so I, I, I came back to France in September after five weeks in, in London. And then, yeah, literally a few months later, I, I moved to the UK. Yeah. And, um, you had uh, an appearance for Pro Wrestling Eve, didn't you, in the January of 2020, before lockdown, Wrestle Queendom uh, that year. I think you were part of maybe uh, a Rumble match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously, Pro Wrestling Eve, um, easily the very best women's promotion in the UK, in Europe. Um, and uh, some might say kind of really, really up there with one of the best women's promotions in the world. Uh such incredible talent um, and I know that you've had a few matches for them but that first opportunity that first match that first chance in January 2020 um, you must have thought that yeah this is this cements in my mind that this is why I'm making the right decision to move over to the UK yeah definitely like literally I moved the 5th of January I think Dan Reed uh, messaged me on the 8th or 9th and the show was the 11th. And he told me, you've been um, recommended by Amy Sakura herself. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, right? Does I it know. get me bigger? Yeah, um, 
Amy Sakura. Okay. Uh, the reason why is because during the, I believe during the summer when I went to training uh, during those five weeks, uh, I had um, I had Eve training where she was there, just for like a, it was like an hour to or maybe an hour and a half session, and at the end of the training she told me I, I would love to train you over there. I was like yeah cool yeah of course I would love to, <laughs> um, and for some reason she remembered me and um, and yeah uh, she she recommended me for for the the rumble which was insane and. Um, during that rumble, it was the big, big returning of Sarah and Knight. Okay. And as she came in the ring, we had a stare down, a stare down. Um, and I was literally the first person she attacked. So it was like, wow, that's a lot of information for me because like Eve, literally six days after I move in, uh, recommended by Amy Sekera, fighting against Sarai Knight. Wow, that's a lot. Welcome to the UK, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, that was a great introduction to Progress in the Eve. I think you had a match in the March against uh, Laura Di Matteo, yeah. um, another fantastic talent uh, from Italy as well, but uh, wrestles over here in the UK. Um, how was that experience? Because I think at the time that would have been a first time encounter between the two of you, uh, yourself and Laura Di Matteo. Yeah, it was actually. Uh, we fought again, again, uh, purpose uh, two years ago, maybe something like that. But yeah, that was the first uh, yeah. time. Uh, the first time we wrestled, uh, and also there was my first my debut in the Res Gal, which was the the Resistance Gallery, sorry, um, which was for me a big, big, big um, like achievement, let's say, because it was kind of an iconic uh, venue, uh, and I'm very lucky because it was actually like weeks, but like or even days before lockdown, and then the fact that. Resgal closed after that it was like very fortunate um so again like eve laura di matteo the Resgal for me was like wow <laughs> another dream match another dream match yeah. I, I want to ask you very briefly about um lockdown and the year and a half when there was no wrestling did, did that give you an opportunity to reflect on your career up to that point and maybe think about how you wanted to present yourself coming back and any changes you might want to make, switch things up. But the, the main part of the question is, did it give you time to reflect on your career and think about the future? Yeah, definitely. Well, I've had, I've had quite a few personal issues during that time. Like I guess everyone if, if, anyway, um, sure. but I spent every single day working on my dream actually i i actually started working with um, a personal coach um i lost a lot of weight uh, as opposed to staying watching netflix with eating chocolate i was i was i was working out i was working out as hell i was doing um online seminars with lots of lots of um trainers um, especially sid scala at this point, um, David Francisco, uh, well, sorry for mentioning him, but um, Daryl Allen as well. Um, so that was obviously before everything happened, but yeah. I, I was doing a lot of uh, online seminars and and, uh, and really working on this. Um, so I, did, I worked a lot in the in-depth development of my character, uh, thanks to those seminars especially. 
um and um and yeah when i when i came back i had i did I, I i didn't have a new character because as i said like kira chimera is 99 percent of me um but i had a much better understanding of this one percent that is different and um and yeah that then then really that really helped uh in my development i would say and my first yeah. match coming back after the lockdown was actually a Lego death match against um, Session Moth Martina at TNT. Oh, the Lego match, of course. Madness. Yeah. Madness. And first of a all, all women's uh, death match tournament in the UK. Um, that was. That was so that was your first match back after lockdown. Um, yeah. A death match against Session Moth Martina uh well i suppose you know you, that's what you came over to the uk for i suppose <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely I, I remember seeing tnt uh messaging you on instagram i was like is it oh uh, whoa, whoa whoa is it is it a mistake <laughs> <laughs> but i mean 2021 coming out of lockdown it appeared to give you a lot more opportunities. You really branched out um, and certainly going through the list of companies that you worked for 2021 going into 2022. I mean, the, the list reads TNT Extreme in Liverpool. Uh, you had matches for Rev Pro, which is a, a huge accomplishment, you know, Coliseum, UKPW. Um, and then going into 2023, companies like United Wrestling, Ignite, um, Pro Wrestling East, and more recently, IWN. So you must be really, really thrilled with how you've kind of uh, started working for such a wide variety of promotions and so many of them, certainly in the last couple of years. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, As I said earlier in, in, in this chat, I've achieved more things than I thought I would. Um, so my, my big, big dreams were, were Eve, Ref Pro and Progress. The only one I haven't met, haven't done yet is is Progress, but I know it's coming. Uh, <laughs> it's coming, oh, okay. So. I, you'd be a perfect um, fit for Progress for sure. A perfect fit. I know, right? Like mm. Camden is literally my home. Yes, uh, it's a punk rock promotion. Why are they waiting? Why are they waiting <laughs> for? Seriously, I'll have a word with the management um, for you. <laughs> I know. Um, so, so that, those were my big ones, but. I've achieved much more than I thought because I discovered all the promotion for which I really wanted to wrestle. I mark, I made history in quite a few ones as well, uh, especially for the women division. And th that was not part of the plan. It just added up and it makes it makes my career. I, I, I Once I retire, I look back at all of this being like, wow, that was something really yeah absolutely i, I failed to mention uh, resurgence as well which is another group that yeah. you've performed for and um it's just a, a little picture uh red pro <laughs> tnt and eve um there you are and uh, that's obviously part of your part of your entrance there um but one match i want to talk about in particular um and you mentioned her earlier uh i don't think you're very keen on her singing but uh a luna blue uh, or a luna I don't think you're a fan of her uh, type of music or uh, preference. Oh, God, you said that video. <laughs> uh, but, but the two of you had um, a, a kick-ass match, um, a no-DQ street fight. 
Now, this was for Ignite Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the reason why I bring this match up is because typically a Luna Blue, your kind of, you know, your archetypal baby face. Um, and uh, there she is in a street fight. Hell of a match the two of you had as well. Um, but it looked like a, a really fun match as well as being really hard. What are your memories of that match against the Luna Blue in the, the no DQ street fight? I love wrestling against a Luna Blue. Like we are so different, you know, and it, I think it always makes something nice out of it because we're so like we just don't match. Yeah, um, total opposites. And, uh, huh? sorry, yeah, opposite, o literally opposites. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it was also the first. Uh, oh, another time I made a story crazy. <laughs> uh, it was sorry the first uh, women's hardcore match in uh, in nights. Wow. So it meant a lot for the promotion. It really meant a lot for the promotion. Um, and I think that we did okay. Um, we we had this challenge that we had a family crowd. Um, and the danger of having kids around the ring as well was something we needed to take into consideration. So <laughs> uh, there's been spots that were a bit silly. Like I uh, literally mopped a Luna's face and put like um careful like uh, you know those yellow sign um yeah the like, uh, uh, wet floor signs wet floor wet signs. floor sign on her uh, so people laughed at this well I she hit me with that wet floor sign after but well I tried <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to be I like to sometimes you know I have this this Kira Kimera super badass super serious but actually. I like to have fun and I like to mock my opponent. So um, I really, I really showed this part of this part of me uh, in that match when when this happened. That was very, very, very fun. And I um, like I, I love hardcore matches. I love being hit by the candlestick. I I just love it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm going to um, kind of talk about something different now. And you're very, very passionate about some of your other hobbies, interests. Uh, professions but uh, you're a musician um you're a social media manager uh you are a so you you you're a, you offer coaching to artists as well um tell us a bit about some of them other kind of avenues other branches to kira kamira yeah so you were we were talking about lockdown earlier and did like during that time i had to like do something with my life outside of just working on my character and all those things and actually working on my character made me realize that i love doing that and i love doing that with people um and i'm pretty good at that actually so i i realized that so i, I love this part and then i also love uh, working on social medias and, and building strategies and all of that so i tried myself on with like people I knew and I realized that it was actually working out really well so um yes I kind of had like some sort of I tried myself here and there and yeah uh, early 2023 I, uh, I realized okay um I need to make it I need, I need to try to make it a living so I I started to work really much on this business and uh, and now yeah like I'm coaching quite few quite few wrestlers especially in France 
Um, so all that is character development or social media strategies and how to work on social media, how to communicate on, on some specific things. Um, the business as well, the, side, the business side of things, um, how to see ourselves like not only just wrestlers or musicians, but like entrepreneurs, because that's what it is actually. Yeah. So this sort of sh mindset shifts. Uh, I'm working as well with some um, with some musician, with some band. Um, I'm about to sign a very big contract with like a big band in France, who's been around for 20 years. So congratulations! Yeah, thank you. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really working out. Like I'm, I'm very happy about it, and this is very com complementary to my career as a, as a wrestler because. Obviously, that's a job that I can do anywhere in the world, which means that, say, I'm booked in Japan, I can literally stay over there and keep doing my coaching with uh, wrestlers, musicians, and all that. So, yeah. so that's amazing. That's just the perfect thing, and um, it goes with who I am as well. This independent woman who just wants to be free and um, not just conform to the norm of having like a normal job. Like I, I am my own boss, you know what I mean? Like, um, so yeah, that's pretty much. There we go. And yeah. uh, I'm going to bring up this picture here of you drumming. So yeah. are you, are you, are you, tell us a bit about your kind of love for being in a band, playing music, uh, how that all works out for you. Uh, so I've always been like, I mean, always, I've always sung and uh, my, my, my brothers were musicians and I fell in love for the bass, the bass guitar. Uh, they, I have a, the little bass uh, tattooed here, like a bass, uh, like a, the note, music note. Yes. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've always loved music and I've, I've always loved practicing music. I've never uh, took any class. Um, I started to play the drums. I, I lived at, uh, at um, during lockdown. I actually lost my, my job. I lost my place. And I moved to, uh, to a friend. He had a studio with like lots of instruments. And I lived literally in the studio for a year. Uh, so I, I, my bed was next to a drum, a drum kit. And I was like, cool. Um, might as well try, you know. So I, I started to be drumming and I, I fell in love for it. Um, so very, very recently, I took two, two lessons of uh, drum. So just to like kind of see if I'm doing well. Yeah. And uh, it's actually going really well. And I'm, I'm hoping in 2024, I actually finally get back in a band again. Good, good. Well, I wish you all the very best with that as well. Um, but uh, but before we say goodbye, just a, a couple of uh, match graphics that are coming up. So we've got this one here. Uh, this is actually tomorrow uh, versus Harley yeah. Hudson, yourself, uh, back in an IWN UK ring, pain and glory, one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. Now, uh, I don't know if IWN have a women's championship yet, but no doubt the women of that will kind of, the, the winner of that will set them up in, set themselves up in contention for a possible championship championship shop down the line, if I can get my words out. But uh, Harley Hudson, I, I don't know if that's uh, an individual you've um, crossed paths with yet, but um, what are your thoughts ahead of that one tomorrow? Big one. Big one, isn't it? It um... is, indeed. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially since uh, her recent uh, events, right? Impact. Yeah, getting signed. Yep. 
big deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm literally fighting against the Impact Wrestler officially, yeah. which is uh, pretty good. Um, also, the challenge for me is going to be to understand her accent. Uh <laughs> Best of luck. <laughs> it's a, it's a strong dialect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpudlian. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. And also, I think the promotion announced that they're going to unveil the women's uh, belt. So Perfect. interesting. Very, very interesting. Exciting. I very have my eyes on it. 100%. And of course, uh, we brought this one up earlier. This is December the 10th uh, for United Wrestling for the Tag Team Championship. The, the Dogs Bollocks versus the Odyssey. And uh, we've got this one here coming up. Um, December the 16th, back over to Rick's uh, yep. catch for their episode 17. Um, and there you are on the poster um, and a few well-known uh, UK performers on there. Dan Maloney, Alexis Falcon. Uh, I think that might be Shreddy, Shreddy at the it's top Shreddy, there yeah. for sure. Um, but that's uh, another exciting show to look forward to. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming, I'm guessing that you'll be defending your title on that show. I don't actually know. I I need to have um, a word with the management actually Ooh. because during my match against Mila, uh, when I defended my title, Alexis Falcon entrance um, rang during my match. So I need to have a word with the management, probably with Alexis as well, if. I mean, I can see that she's going to be here mm. and we're going to see what's going to happen. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Rick's management, if you're watching, I think you've got some answers to provide, uh, Kira Kamira. Uh, and uh, we look forward to that show in December. And just a quick reminder to my viewers that my next live interview will be next Monday with the, the Queen of Mean, uh, the former uh, and I hope she won't mind me saying that, the former Progress Women's World Champion, but we'll be speaking to Lana Rostin on Monday the 27th, uh, so just a few days around the corner, uh, live on Wrestling Madonna's 8pm. Um, but, uh, Kira, it's been incredible having you on the show for episode 334 uh, during our fifth anniversary shows. Um, but uh, where can my viewers and listeners reach out to you, find you on social media, get to learn more about Kira Comer, or just uh, reach out and say hi? Especially on Instagram, I'm not going to lie. I'm not too much of a Twitter ex, uh, expert. I don't really like this platform, but like Instagram, definitely. And I basically share the same thing on, on Facebook. So, yeah, especially on Instagram, I'll um, if you want to message me, I'll... Uh, I'll try to reply. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we have got uh, some pictures from your uh, from your merch store, of course, your Big Cartel. The details are running along the bottom of the screen there, kirakamira.bigcartel.com. Uh, but tell us about some of your merch because you've got quite a few items up there, including T-shirts and pictures. Uh, but what can they buy if they go over to your merch store on Big Cartel? So yeah, I have two different type of t-shirts, quite a few pictures. I actually need to uh, upload very uh, soon some new ones. And I also sell um, little baseball bats, key rings, and I do them myself. It's handmade by yours trolley. Nice. No, <laughs> yeah. Baseball bat key rings. I'm going to have to get one of those for sure. I did see <laughs> them on your big cartel. They look really, really cool. Um, but before we let you go, if, you, if you've got... Some, some parting words from Kira Kamira, some uh, final words to sign us off this episode of Wrestling with Jonas to your, your fans, your loyal followers, your 
friends and family, people that have supported you over the years, if you have any final words from yourself, uh, what would they be? I would say for anyone who is watching, just go for your dreams, no matter what it costs, no matter which sacrifice you need to do, just go for it. Go for it. Literally, it, it will be hard. It will be, it will be probably uncomfortable, but you just can grow in outside of the comfort zone. So believe in yourself and just go for it. There we go. But uh, the anti-conformist Kira Kamira, thank you so much for being an awesome guest. Thank you very much.